0: From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton, Episode 92 for May 26th, 2014. I'm Susan Spreaker.
1: And I'm Matt Beckwith. Welcome back to all of our returning listeners. If this is your first time listening to Podcast Stockton, thanks for checking out the show.
0: In this week's episode, Matt, you and Greg sit down with Joe Silva, who's the public information officer with the Stockton Police Department. Yeah, it was
1: great to catch up with Officer Silva. He's the one that gets quoted um, at, you know, as the public information officer. He's quoted in all the, the media reports. So if you read a newspaper article or you see them... Um, Something on the news—it's always Officer Silva, um, and Officer Silva is also the one that manages the social media, and um, so it's great to get his vantage point um, from the perspective of the public information officer. But also, he's—he's he's been a police officer, a cop on the street, so um, it, it was great to um, to spend some time with Officer Silva. Normally, this is the part of the show where I get to introduce uh, our guests, but. Today we've asked our producer extraordinaire Greg uh, to step on the other side of the microphone. So Greg, thanks for uh, thanks for um, doing dual duty both as the uh, co-host and the
2: uh, and the producer for uh, for this for this very special episode. Thank you, Matt. Today we're joined by Joe Silva, the public information officer for Stockton PD. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you guys for inviting me here. You
1: are both a police officer. And a public information officer. So let's let's start with your role as as an officer. How long have you been with uh, Stockton PD? I've been
3: with Stockton PD for eighteen years. Wow! And you started off as a as a beat cop. I don't know what the term is. Yes. Once I graduated from Sac State, um, I got hired with Stockton Police Department. And they sent me to the police academy, and once I graduated from the academy, I went right to patrol. That's where all police officers start at, and During the patrol initial phase, as I was in the FTO program, the field training officer program, with a teacher, another officer mentoring me and teaching me how to be a police officer in the streets of Stockton. I did that for three years, and then police chief Ed Chavez asked me to become a school resource officer at Stagg High School. So I was a school resource officer for five and a half years at Stagg, and then I moved over to investigations where I was a family crimes detective, where I investigated domestic violence, missing persons, child abuse, sexual assaults, and then I moved up to robbery homicide, where I spent about seven years as a homicide detective before I became the PIO.
1: As as a PIO, or does that mean you're no longer an active officer, or do you just do the public information stuff my time?
3: my primary role is media relations and being in charge of the social media for the Stockton Police Department. I am still a police officer, so I still <clears throat> excuse me. I still go out occasionally and if I see a crime in progress or if I hear you know an officer going out to a certain area and they're by themselves, I'll go out there and fill with that officer, but my primary role is to work with the media, work with social media and also do any special projects the chief of police has.
2: Joe, uh, you did a lot of different things. Um, What do you think was, I don't know if it's your favorite, but which one do you felt was the most fulfilling uh, up until becoming a public information officer? I would have to say being a homicide detective, doing that for eight
3: years, investigating, I mean, what I consider the worst of the worst type of crime, getting to know the victim's families, going into their homes, hearing the stories about the victims, how much they meant to them. And then that gave me motivation to go out and try to solve the case to bring some type of closure for that family. And I always had a real good feeling once I was able to identify a suspect, get that person arrested, going back to that family, knocking on the door. I'd have a big smile on my face and say, we did it. We got the person that killed your loved one. And then seeing the emotion to look on their faces meant a lot to me.
2: Was it uh, difficult moving from that to a public information job? I mean, to give that up to to do what you're doing now? I really enjoy what I'm doing right now.
3: Um, The difficult part was being a homicide detective. I was always in trial being questioned by a defense attorney. And you give usually yes or no answers when they're asking questions. But once you work with the media, (laughs) yes or no answers aren't gonna cut it, you gotta elaborate. So I had to learn that early on while I was transitioning from homicide detective to public information officer.
1: You've been on the force a long time, Joe. What's, it must be different to be a police officer in Stockton in 2014 than it did
3: when you started um tell us about that yeah when I first started I mean you I was young eager um you know think that you could save the world (laughs) and you know just going from call to call to call and it was a busy city back in the late 90s and it's still a very busy city today yeah with a lot of crime you know I could say I've been here for 18 years being a police officer. I've arrested, I could tell I'm getting myself old <laughs> because I, I've arrested fathers. Now I'm arresting, oh. and I've arrested now their children once they're getting old enough to commit crime. So, I mean, you can start seeing the generation effects. Yeah. I remember one of my training officers telling me that, you know, he arrested the grandfather, then the father, then the, the child. And I was going, wow. Yeah but you do see that here in the city
1: but that doesn't change i mean that's that's been the same as you said your training officer described the same thing that's that's the same thing and and, you know one of the things that has struck me just i mean with the advent of social media we didn't have social media 18 years ago we didn't have everybody didn't have a cell phone 18 years ago and clearly those kinds of things have changed not just policing but just the, the the general
3: crime community I guess wouldn't it sure I mean with social media as a public information officer you have to embrace the technology Mm -hmm. if not you're just gonna watch it go right by you and then you're gonna try to play catch-up so with chief Eric Jones once he became the police chief he really embraced social media and one of his big philosophies is being open and transparent and what a better way to do that than through our social media efforts whether it's Facebook Twitter, Instagram, we have a YouTube channel. We even have a brand new mobile PD phone app. And you're right, we didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. Let alone 18 years ago. Just a few years ago. Five years ago, (laughs) we didn't have any of that. And it's a positive way that we can still communicate with our community. Mm -hmm. They get to see the crimes that are going on, sometimes in real time. Mm -hmm. If we have a homicide that we're working, we get that out immediately with suspect information if we can yeah. so that we can start getting calls coming in tips coming in so i can pass that over to investigators yeah
2: you you guys have uh the police department has i think maybe one of the if not the largest facebook like count in the city of stockton um certainly i think one of the most of a managed site um that's helped solve some crimes so that's helped um convict criminals yes our facebook page We have currently
3: just over 34,000 people that like our Facebook page. And for a law enforcement agency our size, it's the most liked in the entire United States. And, you know, at first, explaining this to our investigators, how they can use this as an investigative tool, it took them a while to warm up to the effect. But once some investigators passed along videos and we were able to put it on Facebook, Mm -hmm. and Within hours, they're getting phone calls. This is the name of the person who's in that video. That's amazing. Oh, it's very amazing. And now it's a tool that our investigators are embracing because it's helping them out in their investigations. And sometimes an investigation without social media could take months. But once you can get the information out, it could take hours and you can have your suspect.
1: Yeah, it seems to me as... as as an outsider, thankfully, as an outsider to law enforcement, <laughs> that there was a that there was some hesitancy for Stockton PD to embrace social media, and, and I, I'm not going to say that it was pre-Chief Jones, but certainly there was that there was that tide shift that when he became chief, that then he then it became fully embraced. But there see, still seemed to be, again, as just as a as a community member, that there was some hesitancy, and it seemed that. Part of it was, this is not, it's just a waste of our time. Nobody's going to look at this. Um, and then you've mentioned that, that it's one of the um, one of the, the uh, most followed in the United States for cities our size. Are you finding now that other agencies are, are looking at what, what we're doing here in Stockton or what you're doing in Stockton to maybe improve what they're doing?
3: Yeah, I've talked to several other public information officers, not only in San Joaquin County, but up in down the state of California because they see what we're doing on our Facebook page and they want to know how we're doing it. And a lot of it, to be honest with you, is just me doing trial and error, seeing what works for our city. And I'm giving them the tips that, you know, I see what's successful on our page and the stuff that we do, whether it's wanted persons, crime Mm -hmm. prevention tips, watch commanders daily. And what we're also doing is a lot of uh, morale boosting. So we post our employee of the month. Or if an officer does something good, we put that on there. And also if his community member does something good, we put that on. I mean, we've had neighborhood watch captains that have seen a burglary in progress. So they call 911 and our officers get there and arrest the burglar. We'll put that on just to make the community feel part of the police department. I've given presentations not only to law enforcement agencies, but just recently to San Joaquin um, Mental Health because they want to embrace social media and see what they can do hmm. to help be- better serve their community. So it's out there. I mean, that's my yeah. – I tell everybody, it's out there. You need to embrace it because
2: it does wonders for an agency. Yeah. How uh, – going to this into this job and so much of what you're doing is uh, social media, how uh, social media or tech savvy were you before you started this? You know, being a homicide
3: detective back then, we – had like MySpace, so I'd always see if our suspect or witnesses had a MySpace account. And then once Facebook started coming in, you know, I got a, I had a personal Facebook account. But being the P.I.O., I mean, I've learned everything that I can about social media, you know, Instagrams, YouTube channels. So it's kind of a learn on the job, learn as I go. Mm-hmm. And I also look at other departments to see what they're doing, what's working, and reach out to them just to compare notes to see what I can bring to the city of Stockton, which would better serve our community.
1: You mentioned that the investigators started to see the results and started to quickly embrace it. What about the rest of the department or the department as a whole? It, was, it, was it widely adopted and, and was it enthusiastically welcomed um, or was that slow as well?
3: That was slow uh, because a lot of information was getting pushed out. And in law enforcement, historically, we always kept information in, but you can't do that. Mm -hmm. The community, the public has the right to know what we're doing. As long as it doesn't interfere with an investigation, they have the right to know what their police department's doing because they pay our salaries. So a lot of people had that hesitation. Well, why are we putting this out? Why are we doing this? But once they start seeing the pictures of themselves and their family members or posting, you know, good job, you know, made them feel good. And now they see the benefit, especially our investigators on how quickly they're solving crimes based on social media tips. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just something that we're going to keep doing. Talking about the presence on social media, you can't
1: help, or at least I can't help but notice that there's lots of community involvement and, um, uh, community you're know, rallying behind the, the force but there's also a few comments in there that people are uh, talk very negatively uh, right on the Stockton police post um, you know how, how, how do you handle that I mean, personally you're, you're clearly a very proud Stockton police officer and support your uh, the rest of your force and how wh- what's that like to see the negative comments are you, are you filtering them are you deleting them and what's it like to have to
3: read through some of that Well, yeah, we monitor the comments that come on our Facebook page. And if there's inappropriate language, we will delete that post. But, I mean, if someone's, they have the right to post what they want. And if it's something negative about the police department, I mean, we're going to leave it on there. As long as it's, you know, not using vulgar language, racist language, or inappropriate sexual comments. Mm -hmm. And then we just read what the other people are posting. So usually if there's a negative comment, a couple of posts down the way, I mean, there's people... Everybody's jumping on them. Everybody's (laughs) jumping on them. And that's how we can tell that the community's rallying behind the police department because these people on social media, the posts, they are supporting the troops. They're telling us the good jobs that we're doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll have the ones that... I got the speeding ticket. Why you guys are giving me a ticket for? You need to be going out and... Arresting, you know, the burglar or the robbery. Well, if you're speeding and if one of our motorcycle cops pull you over, that's their job. They're going to give yeah. you a ticket.
2: Yeah. Switching gears a little bit. Sure. Uh, you were born and raised in Stockton? I was born in Oakland. I
3: moved out to Stockton when I was one years old. So I've lived in the city for most of my life. Mm-hmm.
1: I think I, you can consider that all your life if you were one. <laughs> pretty
3: much, yeah. I've attended uh, Lincoln Schools I went to John R. Williams, went to Sierra Middle School, went to Lincoln High, graduated there in 1991, and then I went to Delta College for two years before I transferred up to Sacramento State where I got my bachelor's degree in criminal justice, and I graduated there in 1995 and then got hired on Stockton Police Department April 16th of 1996. So did you always want to be a cop, and did you always want to be a Stockton cop? I've always wanted to be a police officer. My uncle was a police officer in Oakland. And just, I remember when I was a kid, just seeing him in the uniform, the badge, the gun, that was something I always wanted to do. And I remember one of my teachers at Lincoln High School always said, you know, if you want to join a certain career, if you're interested Go check it out. So I became an Explorer Cadet with the Sheriff's Department. And I worked there while I was at Delta College and at Sac State. And then Stockton PD was hiring for police officers at the time. So I applied with Stockton, and I got picked up.
2: Okay, Joe. Let's talk about Valentine's. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You were enjoying a... a, 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 It was on Valentine's, right? Yes. It was... uh, you were enjoying a, a nice dinner with your family? Correct. And uh, why don't you tell us, give us the story, <laughs> the, the story from your mouth, not the not the 30-second blurb we hadn't heard on the news. Give us the story. Sure. It's Valentine's Day night,
3: and we actually were supposed to go to Modesto out to dinner, but I was tied up late at work, so my wife and I decided we'd meet at Arroyo's Cafe. So we went to Arroyo's. It's a place where we go. Um, we're really good friends with the owners and imagine Valentine's day, it's a full house in there standing room only because mm-hmm. everybody's there eating with their families and, and their loved ones. So while we sat down, we just ordered our food and our food just got to the table. I can hear loud commotion coming from the bar area and I start seeing people duck. So I stand up to see what's going on and I can see a man on the other side of the bar pointing a gun at people and waving it around. So I look at my family and I was there with my wife and my five year old son and they're looking at me like oh. What do we do? What do we do? <laughs> exactly. So my first instinct obviously was to protect them. Uh-huh. I got them underneath the table for their safety and then I was going to go look for the gunman. So when I turn back around, people are just running around. I can't see the man with the gun. So I had my duty weapon with me i pulled it out and i start making my way up to the front area of the restaurant where the hostess station is and one of the owners is there and he says joe the man is outside the front door and he's with a female and he's armed with a gun so i go out the front door and there's a little um, front area of the restaurant before you come in and there's a bunch of people out there screaming people are still running around and i'm looking i'm focused on where's the gun And I could see at that point, I could see the man with the gun down by his side and his female friend is pleading with him to turn the gun over to her. So I point my gun at him, tell him I'm an off-duty Stockton police officer, give me the gun. Both him and the female looked at me like, "Uh Mm uh-oh. And she immediately got in between me and him with her back turned to me. And I couldn't see the gun at that point. And that, I'm not going to lie, that made me very nervous. So I position myself off to the side, and I can see her crying to him, give me the gun, I don't want no one hurt, honey. And she grabs the gun and starts pulling on it. So I start going in, and she yanks it out of his hand. She turns around. I'm demanding it the whole time with my gun pointing at him. She hands me the gun, and when I get the gun, the hammer's cocked back on it. Oh, no. Yeah. So that was a very, uh, I mean, obviously dangerous situation. At that point, I then um, prone to man out on the grass area in front of the restaurant. And at that point, you know, my adrenaline's coming down and I'm able to start thinking a little bit more. There's people yelling at the suspect saying, what are you doing pulling out a gun? We have our families there. Our kids are there. What are you thinking? So now, and at you that have, point, now you
2: have a crowd control concern.
3: Correct. At that point, I mean, here's a man with a gun at a restaurant. And now I have people coming out yelling at him. Now I have to protect him because he's in my custody. So I see uh, Mario Royal. He's one of the restaurant owners. His son who works there. And then another customer that I know. And I asked them, hey, keep the crowd back. And don't let no one come over here. And then off to the side, I could see, I still could see a couple of people looking at me and I didn't know if it was his friends because I didn't know who he actually showed up with so I, I'm nervous at that point and one of the customers asked me a hey, officer do you need a pair of handcuffs and I said I'd love a pair of handcuffs <laughs> so he goes and gets a pair of handcuffs out of his car and I end up handcuffing the suspect at which point I get on a cell phone and I'm calling dispatch telling them hey I'm at a Royals I just dis- disarmed a suspect I need some units here and a supervisor. <laughs> and then they say, that was that's you out there? And I said, yeah. She goes, we got 911 calls from customers. We have the troops on the way. Mind you, I'm thinking this incident's taking 15, 20 minutes. But all in all, before the first unit got there, it was only about four minutes. <laughs> so once I could start hearing the uh, sirens in the distance and then seeing the lights coming into the parking lot, I mean, I knew my team was there at that point, and I knew the situation was going to be under control. Mm-hmm. So we, they got on scene. I turned the gun over to one of the officers, and the investigation revealed that the uh, suspect's girlfriend... suspect's a convicted felon, so he's prohibited from being yeah, in yeah, possession yeah. of a right. firearm. She carries it for him in his purse. And he alleges that there was a couple of guys in there that were threatening him, and... So far the investigation and video shows that that's not that's not the mm. case it was actually a friend of the suspects that actually started this whole incident. So we're very fortunate uh-huh. that that situation ended with no one getting hurt. I mean when we inspected the gun like I said the hammer was cocked back and there was a bullet in the chamber. Mm. So we averted a pretty dangerous or you know deadly situation
2: from from occurring.
3: So it doesn't even matter when you're off duty. I mean, who would have expected?
2: Yeah. I have mean, you ever had an off-duty incident like any any at all like where you've had to identify yourself and pull your gun? Like that I I never have.
1: And as the as in your role as the as the public information officer, you you are the face of the Stockton Police Department. There, there are people in Stockton that probably confuse you with the chief because you're the one. You're the one giving all the – if if there's any activity or any news release, you're the one quoted. Oftentimes, you're always the one seemingly on the news. But you're talking about your agency.
3: So how weird was it for all of a sudden the focus to be on you? <laughs> no, it it, it was. And, and going back to what you were just talking about, I mean, I remember that night at a Royals outside – after I handcuffed the guy and I still had him at gunpoint, there was a customer. A couple of customers came out and said, "Good job, chief." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, you, it, it must be uh, it must be strange because you're always reporting about the other things. Yeah, I mean we that was have to report on you. And, and, and if I remember right, that was that news broke
2: as it happened.
1: I mean, as it happened, and, people were reporting. And it.
2: oddly enough, a quote from you was missing.
1: Well, and so the yeah. funny thing was, there were people, including Greg and I, and some uh, some of our friends, because the um, the officer was unnamed yeah. in the original reports, and there was a lot of us that were saying, "Oh, let that be Silva," because <laughs> that would just be cool. <laughs> and then it ended up being you, but just the the difference of now you're the one being reported about.
3: Yeah, I mean that was uh. I never thought I'd have that role reversal with the chief (laughs) because actually he became the public information officer and he's the one that gave the initial statements on that. Mm -hmm. The Stockton records showed up, I mean, that night because once I told dispatch that I was the one out there, they said over the radio, it's an off-duty officer, so that caught the records' attention. And Jason Anderson, their crime reporter, was the Mm -hmm. one that came in. So he knew. (laughs) And then I knew before long once... I mean, going the very next morning. When, you know, once he reported that that evening, the very next morning, probably about seven in the morning, I'm getting phone calls from CBS, you know, Channel Three, <laughs> saying, "Hey, we want to interview this officer." And I said, "Well, that officer's me." <laughs> and, 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 and they were like, "Going,
1: that was you? Oh, cool! Can we you come really interview know you? these people? Because you've developed relationships with yeah. all
3: of the media people." <laughs> yeah. So then I said, "Well, the chief is the one that's going to have to give the uh, comment." So. Chief Jones came in on a Saturday, (laughs) and he was a very proud man about what one of his officers did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going to Chief, I mean, just talking about Chief Jones, anytime one of his officers does a good job, he's always there praising them, whether it's in person, on the media, or even him just simply giving an email, you know, good job. Mm -hmm. And that means a lot coming from the leader of the organization.
1: What's it like dealing with all of the all of the media both the the newspaper the television stations everybody else goes through you what what's that like um, as a job having to put things in perspective for the for the media
3: You know at times it could be very demanding depending on what incident that we're dealing with but I think as a PIO you have to understand that the news has a job to do and <laughs> you need to help them get the accurate most factual information out quickly so that you could so that they can do their job and that's how you build that positive rapport with them i mean for so many years i mean you always hear you know law enforcement you know oh, don't talk to the media don't talk to the media they're going to burn you being the pio for the last 2 years now i haven't been burned once um some of the media's um I mean, they have a job to do. They're hard workers. A lot of them understand law enforcement. Um, I mean, crime obviously is a hot topic. Mm-hmm. And reporting crime, people like to hear, you know, sit back whether others on television, watch it, read it in the newspaper, look at it in social media. Um, I've developed real good positive rapport with all of our Stockton reporters along with Sacramento and even some in the Bay Area. And if you just open and honest with them, and I mean, if we do something wrong as an agency, it's best just to come out and say what we did wrong mm-hmm. and what we're going to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. Because if you try to hide something, that's going to be the story, and that story is not going to go away. So if you're just goes back to Chief Jones's philosophy, being open and transparent, you're not going to really have a bad time from the media. Mm-hmm let's
1: ignore social media for a minute as, sure. as hard as that is to do is it safe to say that that the agency is more transparent than than you were you know several years ago and again ignoring the fact that social media makes it more so but just from the you know, having grown up in the city it always seemed that Stockton P, like you said i mean in, in past and even other agencies you know throughout the nation may not be as forthright with news organizations but is it Is it it a true statement to say that the agency is more Or that the police department is more um, uh, More open and accessible Even outside of social media than they had been in the past
3: That statement is 100% true I think we are more accessible Um, We grant more interviews with the chief of police um, Or a member of his command staff Or even an officer I mean just look these last couple of years We had cops here For years, cops wanted to come to Stockton, Mm -hmm. but it was always frowned upon. We're not going to have them come to Stockton to see the inner workings of what we do. Well, when Chief Jones became police chief, when they asked to come, we sat down, we talked about it, and we came. I mean, what a morale boost that was, having Hmm. the cop producers, their film crew here for eight weeks. In the beginning, I'll be honest with you, some of the guys were skeptical, but by the end of the eighth week, they were throwing parties because they didn't want the, the <laughs> film people to leave. Why? Why is that? Because the film people, I mean, they built an awesome rapport. Yeah, and they're just normal guys. I mean, just like you guys, just asking questions, interested in law enforcement. I mean, it's a job that they have.
1: And, and Stockton has, you know. There's the the term, and I only know it because I read it in the paper. But there's you know we have moved into an era of smart policing, yes. Where we're using technology, not just social media, but we're using the shot spotter, and we're using, um, you know, we're, we're targeting certain areas at a certain time. And mm-hmm. and and me as a regular citizen, I know this stuff because it's well reported on. But it, it must be that there's all of these new things that are changing, and and that's the kind of, you know, when when the Stockton was on Cops. I I thought that was great. I mean, finally, here's the show. Everybody's grown up watching this show. Yeah. Everybody has seen it. Many of us have wondered, why aren't they in Stockton? It's not like we don't have any crime, and we have uh, crazy antics. I'm sure, but it's that. It, it, to me, it seemed like a. It was a. It was well represented. It represented our our city well. Yes, I think it was an honest, uh, an honest view, which is not always what we get in in the national media, for sure. So. That's great.
3: Yeah, and, and just look at the financial situation that we've gone through. You know, we're in the middle, of, you know, bankruptcy right now, going through trial. A couple of years ago, I mean, once we had the fiscal emergency, which led up to bankruptcy. I mean, we had national news here in Stockton. Mm-hmm. We had international news here in Stockton. Riding with our officers because of the high crime rate. You know, our murder rate was just out of control. Yeah. You know, f- for two years. That's why. In years past, I, I, I honestly could say I, I couldn't see the department opening up their doors,
2: open up our doors like that. Hmm. Okay, so you've lived in Stockton all your life, and you've been a police officer with the department since 1996. 96. Uh, what's it like being a citizen living, a resident of the city and also being a police officer, there's got to be some interesting um, challenges that go along with that. Uh, I think it's really admirable when an officer can live in the city they do. And I have a couple of friends who are cops, and I know that it has its challenges. What are your thoughts on that? It does have its challenges. I mean,
3: going to schools, local schools, playing Little League baseball, football, soccer, getting to know the community, and then seeing you know, what's happened to Stockton over the last several years, it's definitely, um, to me, I have a stake in this community. I have family here, and I want to see Stockton succeed. So from not, you know, a police officer standpoint, you know, I I do a lot of volunteer work here in the city of Stockton. Um, We have a youth boxing program that I oversee a youth boxing program and a junior cadet program. I really want to give back to this community because when I was growing up, you know, I had my football coaches, soccer coaches, baseball coaches Mm -hmm. being positive mentors. And I think that's what Stockton needs. They need more positive role models. And if the kids aren't getting it at home, because a lot of kids, let's face it, live in single mom households, they need that positive male role model. And I'm proud to say that to a lot of kids that through my volunteer work, I've been able to get them hired on as a police officer. Might not be here, you know, in Stockton. It could be in a different agency. Got them to go to the military. I've had a couple of kids become doctors. One become a lawyer. And they still call me and check up on me every time they see, you know, the Royals incident. And I got a lot of phone calls from a <laughs> lot of kids that I mentored, you know, saying, mm-hmm. you know, good job, Officer Silva, and I'll always remember what you did for me. And that means a lot.
2: That's got to be very fulfilling.
3: That is very fulfilling.
2: And I think, uh, in a way, you're fighting crime before it happens by saving saving young people, sending them in a productive direc- direction where they can be um, lead a, a positive life versus getting stuck in some situations that'll lead them to potentially make bad choices, and I think that's that's really admirable work. Uh, thank you for doing that kind of stuff. I, I think that that the more people we have doing that, be they officers or just average citizens, um, they're making a difference for for our for our city.
3: No, they are. I mean, we have officers that are coaches. Um, we have officers that are involved in you know Cub Scouts, and. For the kids to see us in a different type of, you know, limelight, you know, you know, they're not, they don't have their badge. They don't have their gun. I mean, they're out playing basketball with us. I mean, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. They see us in a different light. And so does their, their families, you know, now they feel comfortable approaching us. Rather before, you know, you know, we're in a uniform. I mean, sometimes they don't want to come approach us, but you know, when we're just out there with them, bonding with their children, bonding with their families. I mean, that's how you start building that positive rapport. And then they can understand what we go through as police officers.
2: Yeah, recently uh, the police department faced off a with a bunch of neighborhood children in the Kentfield, yes, Bianchi area, which is a historically tough neighborhood. Correct. And uh, they have a really good soccer program for the youth, and you guys took them on, and I think they beat you guys.
3: <laughs> they did. It came down to penalty Kicks, and they did win. Uh, and that was a real positive event. And there was one neighbor that actually lived right across from the park. That came out of his house saying he lived there for 30 years and he's never seen the police out there at that park like that playing with the children and that meant a lot to him
1: officer silva
3: you're sometimes
1: not officer silva even though when you go to arroyo's on valentine's day you're clearly officer silva and joe but when you're not you're not being an officer what what do you like to do in stockton
3: You know, I like being with my family. Um, You know, once uh, I went, became a homicide detective, you know, I was on call. Um, So, once that phone rang at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, I had to leave. And sometimes I might not be home for a couple of days. Being the PIO, you know, I'm on call. So, when I have downtime, I like being with my family. And being a good father to my uh, two boys. Yeah. And I also like to volunteer. And what's cool about it is my 14 year old, he, he helps me and he comes out and watches me. Mm-hmm. And now he's very active in his school here in, in, in Stockton on student council and a lot of leadership programs. So hopefully he's seeing me setting a good example and you know he's gonna follow in that same you know same direction as me he doesn't want to be a police officer he wants to be a paramedic Hmm. so but you know at 14 having his goals set i mean that's telling me i hopefully doing something right as a father and i don't don't get any bad phone calls from his teachers they're all positive yeah and i have another child who's gonna start going to school so i expect it out of him too
1: (laughs) good good that's great that your, your kids are, are already starting to think about what they want to do uh, when they grow up, and, 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 uh, and you mentioned that you'd wanted to be a police officer since you were young. Um, but what about, what about your, your background? I mean, were, your, were your parents police officers, or, or tell, tell us about that.
3: Yeah, my, my dad, he worked for the city of Stockton. He worked over in community development um, department. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Um, which was important, you know, my dad really wanted that so that when his, you know, my brothers and I got home from school, there'd be someone there, mm-hmm. you know, watching us. But, you know, talk a little bit about my dad. I mean, he he was my best friend, um, positive role model, a lot of tough love there. I mean, if he did something good, he'd let you know. And if he did something bad, you better <laughs> believe, you know, you're going to hear about it. His um, main goal was to put all three of his boys through college, hmm. and he did that. And when I was going, when I was going through college, he was finishing up getting his master's degree. Hmm. So it always inspired us, you know. Dad's in college; he's doing good, so we're we're gonna you hmm. know follow down that that road. And that's what goes back to I think having that positive male role model. Hmm. I, I had a lot of friends when I was growing up. That didn't have that, but they would come over to my house and talk to my dad Hmm. and get his advice on, you know, what they should do just because they didn't have that at their home. And, you know, I had some friends and I think all of us have, you know, had those friends that walk in that fine line that can go one way or the other. And my dad had, you know, I don't know what it was about him, but he was always able to reel that kid in and make sure that that kid did the right thing Hmm. and you know you know my dad he's you know he's passed away but my friends always talk about him Hmm. uh, on how great of man he he was so talking about how they're saying that to me and then having the kids that i've affected calling me saying you know thanks for being there for me yeah you know, it, yeah, it, it's it, clear you follow in in your dad's footsteps. Yeah, no, it is. And it's always, I, I can hear his voice, you know, in, in my head. And, and I think that's what kids need. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I and mean, it's, it's gotta be uh, a gratifying sensation to, to look up to your father and then getting feedback that you're, uh. You're emulating some of the the behaviors and, and impact that he had in yours and your peers, your your friends' lives, and being able to have that same impact with other you know young people down. It's just paying it forward.
3: No, it does. And that now you know once you're older, you're mature. Now you can understand why your dad did what he did. Right. Yeah. Because back then you didn't want to hear
2: it. Yeah. You but, knew everything. Yeah, we knew
3: everything. Yeah, <laughs> and but but now I understand
2: and I, I appreciate it even more. Yeah. Joe, thank you for very much for being on the show. We uh, appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Why don't you tell everyone how they can connect with the police department? Sure. If they want to contact me, they can reach
3: me by my telephone, area code 937 8209 Or if they just want to connect with the police department, you can do that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or we developed a brand new mobile PD phone app, and you can go to an app store and download that to your cell phone. You know, what, what What kind of stuff can you do on the, on, on the app? On the mobile phone app, it's awesome. I mean, who would have ever thought that a police department would have a mobile phone app? On there, we have a lot of information. We have our crime mapping, so people in the neighborhood, if they want to see what crimes are occurring, they can just zero in on their neighborhood and see what's happening. We have a directory on there that has all of our department numbers on it, so if they want to contact our traffic division, you can scroll down, hit traffic, and it'll call. We also have news, we have a blog, we have Crime Stoppers, which is real Mm -hmm. huge, where we put our wanted people, so Mm. people want to see our wanted flyers, they could click on Crime Stoppers and see everybody that we're looking for. And can you report a crime? You could also report a crime, and you can also submit tips right on the uh, phone app.
2: And links to all your social media are also in the app. That is
3: correct. Mm -hmm. You can
2: look up our Facebook,
3: Twitter, and Instagram, or YouTube channel from our mobile phone app. Great. Thank you very much. Yeah, Officer Silva, thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to Podcast Stockton. We'd love to hear your feedback. Call or text our listener line at 565 Send us an email at podcaststockton at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, username Podcast Stockton. And
1: big thanks again to Officer Silva for coming on to the show today. It was great to, uh, to catch up with him. We will put links in the show notes at PodcastStockton.com to all the places where you can connect with Stockton Police Department online.
0: From the Podcast Stockton crew, Manny, Rod, Greg, Matt, and myself, until next time, make it great, Stockton.